0: This Day in History Class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History Class, a show that reveals a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, and today we're looking at the time when Quaker reformers tried to build a safer and more rehabilitative prison for female inmates. The day was October 8th, 1873. In response to the horrific treatment of female inmates at unisex prisons, the state of Indiana established the country's first prison just for women. Known as the Indiana Reformatory Institution for Women and Girls, the facility was also operated by women, including the superintendent and all lower-ranking officers. The idea of a prison exclusively for women began in the 1860s when a Quaker couple named Charles and Rhoda Coffin began a religious ministry in prisons across the country. During their travels, the couple was shocked by the loathsome conditions that prisoners were subjected to, especially women. They began to speak out about what they saw, and when the governor of Indiana caught wind of their reports, he requested that the Coffins investigate the conditions at prisons in Michigan City and Jeffersonville. Sadly, the Coffins found the female inmates at those institutions were treated just as shamefully. Women were forced to undress in front of male guards and prisoners, and sexual abuse and other forms of exploitation were rampant. In light of the Coffin's findings, the Indiana legislature established a new all-female prison and appointed Sarah Smith, a former Civil War nurse, as the founding superintendent. The ten-acre grounds of the prison included two departments. The first was a juvenile reformatory, which housed girls under the age of 15 who had been found guilty of, quote, incorrigible or vicious conduct. The second department was the penal section, which housed women and girls over the age of 15 who were convicted of all manner of criminal offenses. When the facility opened on October 8th, it received its first inmates. 17 women who had been transferred from the men's prison in Jeffersonville. The first woman to be processed was a mass murderer named Sally Hubbard, who had already served 15 years of her life sentence before being transferred. According to the Indianapolis Star, Hubbard was welcomed by the superintendent with a kiss on the forehead. She was then escorted to a white room, complete with curtains, a flowering plant, a bible and a book of hymns the newspaper went on to say that quote under this kindness sally became a new creature a trusted devout and helpful prisoner the more humane conditions were certainly a welcome change from what the women had endured at jeffersonville and the women's prison in indiana soon became a model for the country's growing prison reform movement however There's more to this story than meets the eye. After successfully lobbying for the all-women facility, Rhoda Coffin joined its first board of visitors, and eventually its board of managers. Together with Superintendent Sarah Smith, she helped develop a program that sought to align prisoners with the gender roles of the Victorian era. According to the prison's annual report from 1876, The goal was to train inmates to, quote, occupy the position assigned to them by God, namely, as wives, mothers, and educators of children. To this end, the women were assigned tasks like washing, sewing, and house cleaning, or prison cleaning. From a modern perspective, this approach seems less focused on genuine reform than it was on getting women to conform to constrictive gender roles. Still, this new kind of prison was a marked improvement over the punishment-driven facilities of old. Or at least, that's been the accepted narrative for the last century. But in recent years, contemporary inmates at that same women's prison in Indiana have begun to question the feel-good story of the institution's benevolent founders. A few years back, a group of women incarcerated there set out to write a history of the prison's first ten years, and gradually, a different picture came into focus. They combed through hundreds of documents from that period, including many that held up Rhoda Coffin and Sarah Smith as paragons of virtue. Smith, in particular, was praised for her patience and strong sense of right and wrong. But the more digging they did, the more cracks began to appear in that narrative. The first bombshell was the published report of an 1881 investigation into the mistreatment of prisoners under Sarah Smith's care. Several former prison employees testified to watching Smith assault inmates with two claiming they had seen her, quote, "...pull their hair and pound their heads against the wall." The testimony went on to accuse Smith of placing prisoners in solitary confinement, denying them food and medication, and even torturing them with a practice called dunking or waterboarding. It's important to note that Smith and the prison were later exonerated of these charges. But that official ruling doesn't convince the women who rediscovered this forgotten testimony. Having endured the systemic abuses of life in prison firsthand, they believe the inmates, nurses, and staff who reported this mistreatment all those years ago. It would be easier and less upsetting to think that the story of the first women's prison was one of clear cut progress, that it was a milestone in history when correctional facilities finally began to focus less on inflicting punishment and more on preparing inmates for a second chance at life. But with the call for prison reform still as loud and vital today as ever, even those outside of prison walls should know that when something sounds too good to be true, it probably is. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. You can learn even more about history by following us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. And if you have any comments or suggestions, you can send them my way at, thisday at iHeartMedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening.